Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. I had to <clears throat> I had to get everyone in the mood, you know what I'm saying? It's family time. It's about to be Thanksgiving. It's been a long time coming for a lot of families uh, not being able to see their loved ones the past year. I'm sure COVID uh, took a toll on a lot of us. So we are about to get today started. It is Debate Wednesday. It is the day that y'all love to not hear me talk. <laughs> but I'm here, y'all. I'm here. I'm the host today. Y'all gonna live with it. Um, and we just gonna do y'all. Um, y'all call in nine one four two zero five five seven nine six. Don't forget tomorrow Thanksgiving. How's your family? How you doing? Keep it moving. We ain't gonna have a show tomorrow Thanksgiving. Enjoy everybody's family. Enjoy your time. Enjoy everything you got going. And remember, don't forget the gobble goo. <laughs> I love my man Pat McAfee. Um, as we move on to the day, it's going to be Debate Wednesday. All your debates, everything, I'm sure it'll be a lot about the offense, how good it will or won't be going into the next week. And, of course, Eagles week. Whew. 
Let's see how this works out. Uh, I ain't been too good against the Eagles in the past, you know, few years. We'll see how that works out as it continues to move forward again. And always, like I say, around these parts, East out Fridays, we're going to get one. We're going to get one. We got, uh, there's BMF to talk about. There's uh, Wu-Tang to talk about. <clears throat> there's the new Power Ghost to talk about. Uh, all, they got a bunch. You know what I'm saying? And I've been watching some WWE just so me and my man uh, Shakes can talk about it if he wants to, if he comes and joins us on Friday. But like I say, before everything and on everything, check out this intro. What about tomorrow? How for us to start winning is now, now. At the end of the day, it's the same three things you've had to do in 35 that you got to do now in 2018. I do not see no holes on this wall. You got to run the ball. Stop the run. Tyreek Hill lines up in the backfield. The ball pops free, and it's recovered by Harrison. A snack for David Harrison early. 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 And you got to pressure the passer. Went tagged in, holds it down. Down he goes. And an early sack by Olivier Vernon. Two kinds of players in this league, folks. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. Hate to lose. Odell Beckham Jr. down the sideline for the touchdown. Giants fans, you are now listening to the hottest show on the planet, The Shakedown. Here to give you everything you need to know on your New York football giants are... Black Friday. Black Friday. Welcome to the New York Football Giants, Saquon Barkley, a.k.a. the Golden Child. <laughs> He's a Do you know who Alec Ogletree is? Like, I'm asking you for real. Really? Not but do you know who he is? J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock. You saying we going 16-0, huh? 16-0, bro. How dare you say anything worse? <laughs> How dare you? How would you mind? You know, you know, just drive to the Messiah. Messiah. Holding the one and only Shakes Montana. Now, if that man was a prospect like a Peyton Manning or a Joe Montana, like I've been saying the whole fucking time, you don't pass up on this talent. You don't do it. You don't do it. Now, here is your host, Shakes Montana. It's obviously not shakes. It's your boy Nacho, uh, and we just you know chilling. It's debate Wednesday. Uh, no uh, black free today, so um, this is this is definitely the time to 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 do our thing. Talk to each other. Have some fun. Talk about the Eagles. It's Eagles week. Y'all. You know what I'm saying? Forget about the past. Forget about the last ten games, all right? Eleven games. Let's forget about them all. Let's move on, and let's move on to the Eagles. Like I said, 
It's Eagles week, y'all. It ain't time to, you know, pout. And, you know, this is football. We're going to move forward. You got to move forward to progress. And that's what we're going to do. Um, I know uh, Black Freezy on these days likes to run uh, some interviews for you guys and some press conferences. I was able to pull up some press conferences. I will play a Daniel Jones uh, press conference on facing the Eagles and also the cornerback for you guys, James Bradbury. Um, if you guys would like, I also have Joe Judge as well. Just y'all y'all let me know how that goes. Um, but first and foremost, before we get that crack, and I want 4205-5796. I don't need to tell this guy because he knows it. Either Chosen One is here. Debate Wednesdays. Not to win a box with me. And, of course, can't wait to have our man, Black Freezy, T's and Peace, go up to him. Get well soon, sir. Um, but 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 either chosen one. Welcome, my friend. Are you with us? Yeah, bro. I'm with you. And, um, first of all, happy debate Wednesdays, man. Black Friday. Get better. We love you, brother. We holding it down today. I'll be here for a short time in participation, but most of the time in uh, listening. And uh, that's due to the bag. Got a little Wednesday night money to make before Thursday. Turkeys are bought, pies are made, rice is cooked, certain things are baked. I know my brother Nacho can understand the word bake because of the fact that he understands that where, where that's a little in-house humor. No need to go no further. Um, before we get to that, yo, the story of the day, I definitely want to get into that whole Everson Griffin thing. We talking scary. Brother, that is that's scary. That's more scary than any of any NFL team or defense you could face. Like, that's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? So whenever y'all want to talk about that and get into that, I definitely want to talk about that. I will get into that. I am kind of in the process here. I think I've got Oh, yeah, it's not going to let me do that that way. I was going to try to do something fancy. We're just going to play it like this. Uh, tell me how this audio is, gentlemen, or gentlemen. It's just you, so let's just let's just cut to the chase. Eat the chosen one. Uh, give me one no, second we here. We get straight to the situation, bro. Let's get it. Let, let, me, let me do this and do this and boom. How does this latest move now with, How we uh, with Gary being related to the duties? How does it affect you? Yeah, um, a little, yeah I mean, it, it uh, certainly affects all of it's us. I think now. he was, uh, you know, a big part okay. of Okay, I'm going to start it over so you all can hear it. Obviously, how does this latest move now with, you know, with Gary being related to the duties? How does it affect you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it uh, certainly affects all of us. I think he was... Here, let me let me get situated so you don't hear me breathing. I'm sure that's going to be a problem here because I'm not breathing right now. So give me one second to set up correctly. <laughs> you got to hold your breath so you went not breathe over the audio. Because it is right next to my nose, and I know what was going to yeah, happen. I know what you're talking Jones about, bro. You got to hold your breath. Right, but you ain't going to hold your breath with no presser, or it's going to be somebody needing to press on you. Pause. Yeah, right. We got you. All right. Take your time. Give me one second. I'm going to get you set up. While he's getting us set up, those of you listening in, enjoying uh, me, you know, the show. Uh, what we're doing on offense. 
offense and obviously the lead. Now with, you know, with Gap. Sorry, gentlemen. Phone is being a finicky piece of work here. Uh, you know, there we go. The question is, how are you going to act now that Garrett is not here? Now with, you know, with Garrett being related to duties, how does it affect you? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it uh, certainly affects all of us. I think he was, uh, you know, a big part of uh, what we were doing on offense and obviously the leadership there. So, um, you know, I'll miss him. We'll certainly miss him. And, and uh, you know, he, he did a lot for us. So, uh, you know, we've got to, uh, you know, keep moving forward and, and get ready to play the Eagles this week. What changes for you? Um, you know, I think from a communication aspect, a game plan aspect going in, uh, you know, how we planned on the field and then, you know, off the field, there was, uh, you know, a lot of communication in terms of approaching, you know, a game and the mindset to, to play and, and uh, you know, leading an offense that, that he uh, – you know, certainly helped me with. So it's, uh, you know, it's about uh, moving forward now, understanding that, you know, we've got to keep going and, and, you know, it's on all of us to perform better um, at, at each of our jobs. And, and uh, you know, we all uh, we all have to play better and, and produce more. Is it, uh, is it tough knowing that Jason lost his job in part because you guys haven't been productive enough? Like, is that... Uh, yeah, that, that's obviously, uh, yeah, obviously a, a big part of uh, how we all feel right now. I think, you know, if you don't feel like that, there's there's an issue and, and we all take responsibility and, and our lack of production. You know, I certainly do. And um, that's what makes it tough. So, like I said, it's on all of us to perform better and to produce more. You haven't had any continuity. I mean, this will be your third different play caller in three years. How much do you, not that you want to make excuses, but how much do you think that's hurt your development? Um, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't thought about that. And I don't think that's something that I'm thinking about. You know, my job is to prepare to, to play and, and play well. Um, it's a, you know, production business, and that's how you're judged. So um, it's my job to, to get ready to play. Daniel, after the game, um, Joe had spoken to us first before you and Saquon. And we were asking you about his comments about the offense, and he was uh, very specific about we need to coach better, and he did not put it on the players as much. And then you're you're saying, well, it's up to us as players to execute. Do you recall? It, it was a little. You seemed a little bit um, not surprised, but you know, you you took responsibility as a player. Were you were you surprised that it resulted in that change? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I still feel feel that. I feel responsibility for our lack of production as an offense. Um, you know, I feel that. I think, you know, we all should feel that. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's changed, um, you know, today. I still still feel like that. So, um, you know, Coach Judge is going to make the decisions as a head coach. That's his job. Um, but, you know, I don't think that should change how we feel about, you know, how we've played, the points we've scored, you know, how we've done at times. I think we've, we've got to – we know we've got to do better. That falls on, on each one of us, on players, and certainly me. Daniel, I know it's early in the week, but you expect 
dramatic changes in the scheme or just the, the way the style of the offense will play by Sunday? No, I don't think so. I think it'll be, you know, our system and, and, and our verbiage. I think there'll be uh, different aspects to it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll go through the week, find what works, what, uh, what we like going into to Sunday. So, um, you know, we'll see and how that progresses. Were you, one of, were you one of the captains who was in the building yesterday that Judge talked to about all this? Uh, yeah, I spoke to, to Coach Judge yesterday. And I'm assuming you spoke to Jason as well before he left. What? The, I'm not asking you to divulge the conversation, but what exactly was that like? What were your emotions and what can you reveal about maybe what you guys talked about? Uh, yeah, it was obviously a, a tough conversation. And, um, you know, I think just him being the guy he is, just wishing, you know, the best for us, wishing the best for me. And, and uh you know, I think that was most of that. Coach said, Coach Judge said, uh, got to get Kenny more targets. How? What is the fine line there of, I assume you can't just throw the ball to Kenny if he's covered. You can't just make him the number one option. So how do you get Kenny more involved if you still have to go through, like, progressions and whatnot, just not force the ball to Kenny just to say he had seven targets? Um, yeah, I think it's just finding those opportunities. Um you know, when he when he is uh, in a matchup we like or, or running a route that we like, and, and uh, you know he's got to do a good job getting open and, and winning in, in those situations. So um, yeah, I think it's just finding those opportunities throughout the game, and, and uh, you know maybe maybe some calling some uh, some plays where, where he does have those chances. But um, you know he's got to do a good job uh, winning, and I got to do a good job throwing the ball. And you know obviously that the quarterback and the offense are kind of intertwined. And, you know, reflects on you with the offensive coordinator change and players getting back healthy do you think that the pressure is more on you now than it has been to produce and get things going um you know i haven't really focused much on that and my, my uh focus is on preparing to play the, the best i can it's you know what it always is um you know regardless of the circumstances do you think do you think jason getting fired is unfair to him at this moment um you know i think that's uh you know, Coach Judge has got to make decisions for the team and, and how he sees it and how he sees, um, you know, the team going forward. And it, it's our job to, to execute and, and play our best. So, um, you know, that's what uh, I'm focused on. And, and uh, you know, that's where this team's going. Woo-wee. Hmm. So, you just heard that with me. Um, uh, real quick before I absolutely forget uh, the second question in was do you feel bad for getting Jason Garrett fired because your offense didn't produce Um, the loaded question that that was and his answer to it was pretty pretty good so uh, I'm not too upset at that listening to your starting quarterback say a couple things Uh, I would have liked him to say um a few things different, but but the 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 real thing that got away was they asked him a couple times about uh, changing the offense. Uh, dir- I think this is, might be the same guy who asked Jason Garrett because they used the same word, drastically change the offense um, going into n- this week, and he said no. And I think 
they asked uh, he asked a question and he answered a different question if i if i may go off of that assumption to me it seemed as if he asked if they were going to dramatically change the offense and um he said no they were going to keep the same verbiage and i think the gentleman who was asking the question was asking are you still going to be calling curls and are you still going to be doing dumb shit on first and second downs and in the red zone? Now, of course, he couldn't say dumb shit, uh, so he worded it a little differently by saying drastically change the offense. So uh, I think that was something um, to, to, peek, to peek my ears at, and then Daniel Jones just said, you know, it's going to be different. The second thing that peaked my ear up um, was at the end there when they talked about Kenny, um, and his first response was Kenny has to get open, and Kenny's got to get open, and Kenny's got to win. Kenny's got to win. And then at the very end, he said, and I got to make sure I get him the football. So a lot of blame going on in that question, and I really didn't like it that much. Um, but other than that, uh, it's a quarterback who spent three years in the league who's trying to find his way, and it doesn't seem as if he's had the right teacher. Um, LRP is joining us now, either chosen one. Uh, LRP, your monologue, though, uh, real quick, anything you'd like to say before we get in, into this uh press conference that Daniel Jones just went through. No, I ain't got that. All righty. E, the chosen one, did you, did, were you listening? Did you want to hop in or? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to say this for people who may not know. See, we, and I, and I mean no disrespect to no one in the world, especially to our callers and listeners and our dedicated, devoted fans that we love and we come out every day and try to make sure you guys get the best of us. But what I'm about to say is just football-minded. Don't take it any kind of way, anybody. Not showing LRP, you're going to understand me perfectly. What happened in that press conference was a third-year quarterback who cannot say anything except for what is scripted, maybe what he understands to answer to the New York media in the correct way, and also to get himself out of there as fast as he can because the questions were simply directed at him and his feelings and his thoughts to Jason Garrett, not the organization, because the people inside that building know how close him and Jason Garrett were. They did not care about that. They wanted to know, now that he's gone, is there going to be a difference? And he tap danced around that question, as you so eloquently put, um, Nacho. And people don't understand. He has been taught, trained by Eli Manning. Those answers were so Eli Manning-ish for every Giants fan that knows this team, who that knows what I'm talking about. It was scary. He sounded word for word just like Eli Manning. And obviously, whoever his publicist is or his PR agent is or whoever his agent is, they are taking pages out of Eli Manning's book when it comes to the way that he deals with the media. And it's frustrating at times, especially for us at Giants fans, because we just want him to answer the question. He never directly answered the question, and it's frustrating. But I get it, and I understand it. And now I broke that down for the people. So I hope you guys are not as frustrated or feel like, what, what's going on? That's just what it is. 
It's the New York media, and that's how you have to do it because he would be filled with quotables for the next month, especially if the team continues to lose. They would tear him apart. Smart on his behalf, but boring for us as listeners. I do have one thing, Amanda, to say that I do enjoy the fact that he would be wearing a a play-calling wristband. You will see that accessory on him from Eagles time. And I do like that because, therefore, all you got to do is send in the daggone place. And I will expect more efficiency just off of that little addition alone. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just this, this, this is going to be the most interesting thing for Daniel Jones' career because I think a lot of people uh, are on, like, I think it was James yesterday who said a lot of people are on the fence. And I think that's just where it's at. And the excuses, which are, are they are, but they are good ones. I, I mean, like the guy said, three, three different play callers in three years is, is not co- cohesive for anybody. <laughs> it's not good for, for anybody. So uh, I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that, you know, Daniel Jones may have been underperforming because of Jason Garrett. Um, we're just going to have to see him perform now. And I think this is the interesting thing is the offense doesn't necessarily have to revolve around him if a healthy Saquon Barkley is there um, and they're utilizing him correctly in whichever way, shape, or form uh, you may you may see fit. I think if um, the, the good thing about Saquon is that when healthy, he is a, a, a Swiss Army knife. You can use him at multiple things, and you can just figure out what's working that game against that defense and kind of – go as needed. Freddie Kitchens, he might be able to do that. We'll see. Um, but if Daniel Jones sure. is continually making those uh, boneheaded plays, then we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But other than that, man, it's going to be good because that is what I think Daniel Jones needed. And the hesitation on the question, if he feels bad, I think is a good thing um, because he doesn't. Because I think he realizes at some point to some degree, a lot of that was not on him. A lot of that offense, a lot of that bullshit was not on him. Now, there was some, and we can all agree on that, but I think to a certain extent to me, when he delayed that answer to do you feel bad that you didn't do enough and you got, and pretty much you got Jason Garrett fired, he paused like, no, I don't kind of, but then he, you know, gave the correct corporate answer. Um, you know, we got to do better as an organization type of thing. Um, LRP, were you going to say something, sir? That's a, 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 a question. He didn't get verified. No, I don't. Think he, yeah, it, it was twice. They asked him twice too, LRP. They asked him once That's in the crazy. beginning. And then later on, another guy asked him about, um, how does he feel uh, about talking to Jason Garrett and this and that and the feelings you had knowing that you guys didn't perform and then you had to see him before you got shipped out pretty much because uh, one of the last questions was that hey, you, you saw him before you left. You met with Jed yesterday, so you met with Jason as well, correct? Yes. How did you feel? It's like, stop. Like, first of all, it's like, whatever, dude, like, we understand. Yeah, I mean, that that's you're, so frustrating yeah. that a third-year quarterback, and he is right, he's still at, at, at year three, 
he still doesn't have that carte blanche to be able to, and I know it's Eli Manning S, but even at, you know, to ask a question like that shows, in my opinion, just like hearing it for the first time, reaction is, I don't know who the hell you think you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> first off, when why you a whole you got a whole journalist education. Why would you even assume that I would even address the feeling? And like, look, it didn't work out. It's unfortunate. We are in a fortunate spot, but we have a, a uh, opportunity now to see what we got because we lost one. You can still support the dude, and you can still understand that it did not work out, and it looked in the. Everybody knows it was terrible, and you don't have to say that. But to be in year three and still not be able to, um, or, you know, even with the going back to the wristband, I feel that this dude was headed somewhere with Sherman. Unfortunately, that didn't work out because of other things. But he seemed like he was building on something. Then Gary came here, and everything hits a brick wall. And he's been stuck in time ever since, even regressing. I want to, I want to, I want to address that big time because it was, it was the pulse in the room, in the building. And by not addressing, and what I mean by the pulse was the non pulse on offense, the non identity on offense and the stale boring offensive scheme that doesn't produce anything that we all realize the whole world knows he's a victim of that because of the fact that now that you put weapons there right it makes us say especially people like myself and everybody else who agrees oh now he has no excuses it's his third year because of our football evaluation analytics we say things like that Now in his third year, regardless to what may be a Jason Garrett sabotage, we're going to look at him. Oh, you got this. You got that. Then everybody gets hurt. Oh, you got this. You got that. People still have to step up. Then the offensive line. Oh, you still got this. You still got that. Then Saquon Barkley. So what I'm saying is this. We're looking at the problem but it's all going to be cast on him. And then for the dudes to ask that question, think about it, LRP. Coming at a third-year quarterback when his offensive coordinator just got fired and you say to him, so do you guys feel bad that you didn't do enough and got him fired? Like, this is what New York media does, ladies and gentlemen. So, he already had to go through an abusive relationship, as we call it. Then he has to see the guy that he's actually close to, which is his abuser, has to be gone. Now he's about to make a, a third adjustment to a guy who he's familiar with seeing around the building but hasn't really been in contact with, you know, on a daily basis, play call-wise. But let's talk about something that led to all of that, and I'm going to wait till a little later, but I'll bring it up right now. Let's keep remembering things like this happen because Joe Judge and Jason Garrett were nowhere near friends or 
in co or in coordination with each other. Well, I'm going to talk about that later. Some reports came out, some things to talk about. Nacho, moving on with the show since you hosting today. But LRP, I want to get into that later about their friendship and their non-verbal non-verbage with each other, even on the sidelines. I'm gonna talk. I am. Re- I'm relaxing. I'm watching the board. Y'all have a good old time. So LRP, let's talk about let's talk about that right now and how much of a role that played over the last year and a half. We all knew that Jason Garrett was not Joe Judge's guy. Didn't want him, didn't want to have anything to do with it, just had to roll with the punches because he was a new head coach, and before he had any autonomy over this team, Jason Garrett was already in place and in line. That was a Gettleman and Mara decision, not a Joe Judge call. That is the reason he brought in Freddie Kitchens and hired 22 twos in case of something like this which that trigger should have been pulled a long time ago. But I don't think he had enough juice or enough losing or enough frustration or enough hurt and hatred and vitriol to spew it and put it in a position for a political, you know what I mean, move. Now it is there and it is all coming out. Him and Joe Judge were never cool. It's all over media, places, everywhere, tabloids. He never even talked to him during the time on the sideline, brother. They never talked in the building. They never were in meetings hardly like that together unless it was mandated. He was not his friend. He was not his man, and he never wanted him in the first place. But this is what I mean about Giants organization, the Giants organization. How can you even have that existence? and think that you're going to produce a product on the field of winning. When the people above you don't get along, what makes you think the people under you are going to get along? You're showing dissension and contention before y'all even touch the field. My head coach doesn't like my offensive coordinator. Wow. And you all hear about it. I just happened to get the the information earlier today. You'll hear about it. So I want to hear about your thoughts on that, LRP, and how that goes into what we've been seeing the last two years and the product on the field or lack thereof because of this non-existent relationship. And that's what I think a lot of people just don't get, man. It's because it took them this long. And, you know, it's like, damn, y'all, I think somebody said, man, y'all ain't never happy because I was sitting there bitching them on. You know what I mean? But I'm like, Yo, it took them so long, man. And why does it take this long when you knew if that if they had that kind of relationship going on and people are you in a damn organization with people every day. You know what I'm saying? And nah, man. And you knew this and you still not putting up points and not only is the drama behind the scenes not shaping up to where you need it to be as a cohesive unit. It's showing up on the field, mainly in the offense. You holding the ball for a minute and like 48 seconds. A minute and 48 seconds to their nine? And it's been like that. So it took them so daggone long. And just like you said, just in Giants organization fashion, Move too daggone slow. And somebody made a good point on the radio one day and said that certain people, and you can feel some way kind of way about this, America, if you want to, but it's the truth. At a certain age, time to go. It's time for you. You've done enough. 
how rich can you get? How greedy can you be? How gluttonous do you want to be as a person? Well, sit your ass down. You could have pulled the trigger a long time ago. So it's it's maddening. Um, the question was just blasphemous. You can't. You know, you're not going to get. Um, you know, it's, so hopefully with this kid now able to breathe, if that was the case. And we're going to find out. But I knew that the first domino was Garrett. And everybody else knew. Everybody else, Steve Smith and all these people, went off and said that he wasn't the guy. Now we get to, because I'm not saying Daniel's the guy. Because Gettleman should be the second domino. Because the fact that we're even dealing with this right now is your fault, because you drafted him at six. Just because he shows some flashes don't mean that you won, bro. You better stop puffing out your daggone chest. And I think that's a lot he holding his hat on to be able to still hold his head up somewhere or stick his chin out, puff his chest out, to say, I got you down, you want to say, Quan. And everybody, and it's just, it's that constant. But here's what gets me about say, Quan, I'm out the way. And I, I don't talk about it much. I don't give him much credence because that's my son. Everybody know that, and it's it's very 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 unfortunate that his career has started off the way it is. Cause it's damn from over. This kid is still young, crying out loud. Just came out with his first shoot. Everybody know you blow up after your first shoot. So, it's, but it's that. Will it happen? Will Will this game happen? Will it happen this game? And Daniel Jones carries that same kind of bravado, if you ask me, because he's shown enough to say, is this the game? Daniel Barkley, is this, I'm tired of saying, is this the game where it clicks? It should have clicked already. So a lot of emotions with Giants fans right now. We all, we all look yeah. into this look right. And I, I want right, to definitely, I definitely want to speak on that and I personally am not a Daniel Jones fan we all know this we root for him because he's a giant but if we remove our emotions and our thought processes from how we feel and what we want because of what we have been going through he has been in the most unfair situation of any quarterback in the NFL in the last two and a half years. And I'm talking about if I would have seen him in another place, I would have been like, oh, he doodle, baby. But I would have also checked in on that situation like, yo, they can't even score over there. They can't even get a, a playoff on third down. They had coaches over there bugging out. This kid been through – three coaches already or two coaches already in less than three years. This kid, yo, the Giants organization as a whole, see, I would be talking like that if I wasn't even a Giants fan. So that's what people get mixed up with me when they say either a Daniel Jones defender or a guy who's giving them excuses. No, I'm not doing none of that, clowns. I'm really looking at the situation as if I was not. Right, find my baby clown. Find my baby clown. 
You feel me? If if I was not a Giants fan, I would be looking at uh, the Giants as, damn, yo, y'all really can't get it together over there. Your quarterback can't get a, a playoff. He, You know what I'm saying? It seems like he got the tools, but what's wrong with him? He might not be the smartest between the ears, but at least he got some talent to win some games. He looked pretty decent from what I've seen. Like, I would be talking the same way, but just outside the box with less emotion because I wouldn't spend that you much time. Because I'm, right, because I'm not a giant I, fan at that point. But I got to do it every point, day. And that tells me, what's up? And he says mm-hmm. it, the, the condemnation of his voice, he and Nacho, he says it as if the New York Giants is my girl. And she's doing bad. She's sick. And ain't nothing I can do about it. And he's like, yo, every day, with the with the face, too. He turns his face. He does this shit on purpose. And he says, what's up with your team? Just like that, every single time. What's up with your team? And I, I feel, every time he say it, I'm piercing him. I'm piercing him, Paul. But I'm like, yo, I ain't got no control over that, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm tired of saying I ain't got no control over that. Because if yo. we were doing good, he'd be like, yo, I see your team. I see you. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you grow better now. It's doing good. But now I feel responding. I gotta, I'm obligated to respond to it. It's like moving into a new house with old furniture. Every time you pull up, you're going to be like, yo, my friend, my brother, my sister, family, this is dope. Then you walk right inside and see the same couch that you had from the last house, the same mirrors on the wall that you had from the last house, the same TV, the same same outlook, the same interior design. And you say, okay, you know what, maybe he didn't want to get rid of that because he might have just got that before he moved into the other house because he wasn't there that long. Then you spend 10 years with the same furniture in this house, and then you move to a new one. And you have a housewoman. And the people walk in with different gifts because they think they're going to see nothing to help you out. And you got the same exact furniture that you've been having for the last 12 years, the same TV. Somebody going to pull you to the side and go, yo, is it me, brother, or you just love this situation that much where you don't want to let it go? Because I am not going to lie to you. This is the third housewoman, but it's the same furniture. You're going to be talked about. <laughs> You're going to be talked about. And somebody's going to say to themselves, something is going on with him. And I need to have a personal conversation because I need to know what's going on with this. Because something ain't right. And that's the Giants. It's the same interior design with just a different outside of your home. You move from MetLife. I'm sorry, you move from under the Meadowlands to MetLife, same interior design, just different outside approaches. Same thing. Same thing. Meadowlands was, was, it was loud there. But um, I wanted to ask you, is Perk healthy or is he hurt? Yes, he, yes, he, he hold on, I'll go right now. Because it don't seem like nothing was wrong. Because he was out there on, you know, he he had a few snaps, but I don't think the Gary design was for him to be out there, and that's why we saw Nate Solder getting changed like a baby again. Johnson and Johnson. 
I can't with the dude, B. I can't. I know. That's what I'm, I'm hoping that's one of the changes that he makes is to put Purton Thomas as the bookend. And where the hell, I mean, shit, is, I know Isaiah is supposed to believe that developmental, but I'm like, yo, jump on up in there. <laughs> See what you got. Because Will Hernandez is a turnstile. And I know he's better than that, though. I mean, he, well, I don't know. I don't, see, I don't know. I, I know some games I haven't called his name. And then Monday night, though, it's like, oh, God. Maybe it was because of Sue. Maybe it was a matchup. But I'm curious to see what line. Uh, yeah, but they all report saying that he, he, he good. That that's, that was the reports. I think it's time to take Will Hernandez out, too. You didn't show him that it's time to sit down. I mean, I understand, you know, he was looking Bridget? like, yeah, it's his time. Is Bredson, huh? is he healthy? Bredson, what is it? I can't say his name. Bredson, Bredson. Hedgy. Brett Hedgy? No, not Hedgy. You got another Hedgy. dude. Um, that's how much the line here. Week 12. But can I ask you a question, LLP? Did you even notice that we had Miriak out there on that fourth down? Who? See? See what I'm saying? That's why Jason Garrett is going right there. There you go. See? Right there. On that fourth and one play. Myriak. The dude, the kid Myriak. M-Y-I-A-R-K. Myriak. Oh. Oh, yeah, number 41. Yeah, he was out there. Yeah, I I saw him. What was the purpose say for him being out? I said that to myself. I didn't remember yet. What? Because I, I went radio silent during that game. So a lot of the things I said, I said out loud to a family right. that wasn't paying attention to me. But I said it. I said, what Yo, it, it's what crazy. Well, I, 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 got, I just got one more thing. I got, yeah, I got one more thing to talk about on this whole Gary situation just for today because I'm going to carry this over. Until the end of the day. This ain't going nowhere with me. Because you know how me and you feel about this. So I need to talk about it. Now, of course, when one guy's gone, the other guy's there, and you're going to look and feel like, oh, it's going to be drastic changes. And da, 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 da. Something that they asked him today. It's going to be drastic changes. And everybody knows you don't drastically change the playbook. You keep the things in there that the offense runs on. What you do is expand it. You put things in there that are not going to be seen, that work the best for your players. And also, speaking of players, I want to talk about the conversation that our beloved Joe Judge had with Kenny Dalladay, uh, Daniel Jones, and Kadarius Tony that's about to come out. I don't know if you guys know about this or not, but he had a conversation with them three, specified in all the articles that's about to shoot out there, and ask them how they feel about this offense. So when the reporter asked Daniel Jones, how does he feel about getting him fired, that was an internal question that most people won't know due to the fact that he had a private conversation with Joe Judge. So it's going to come out. 
And that's why Kenny Galladay's name was also mentioned because that part they're not going to hide because Galladay's not hiding it, that he went to Joe Judge specifically and said, what is the problem with me getting the ball? And showed him plays where he was wide open, where the ball was not going to be thrown to him whatsoever. Daniel didn't even look his way and just went into the first option, which was where the play was called, and he was instructed to do that. So when we look at no off script, now y'all know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's a quarterback. He should be doing it, but that's not what he was taught, and that's not what he's and that's not what he's doing. So it looks bad on him. Yeah, okay, we get that. But these are conversations that lead to the bigger picture, which leads to this kid's demise, man. And this is why we looking at a quarterback look like that. Don't fuck. Don't sit around and tell me other people aren't influential in a quarterback's life and position while he's being developed. I don't want to hear that. Not everybody is Joe Montana, John Elway, you know what I'm saying, Aaron Rodgers. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because for every one of them, it's five Daniel Joneses. And I wish somebody would argue with me about that. No, you're right. I mean, I don't expect the playbook to change either, or, you know, I don't expect them to create a whole new offense. Uh, you know, I expect person. The difference is that I expect is personnel usage. And that's why I think this shit half the league hadn't seen our playbook anyway. We ain't ran no goddamn plays. No need to come up with a whole new one. Ain't like they got a whole bunch of plays to go off of. You know what I mean? Dude was only got to the first page in 11 weeks. So I ain't worried about that. I'm just, I'm going to be looking at personnel and how they're being used, specifically the run game. You know what I mean? We're going to see some strong eyes, some, you know, some power behind any, behind some beef. Move a motherfucker for more than three seconds. Just give him a couple, three seconds. Give him three seconds to see what's behind all those damn thighs, Paul. Dude, moving through a meat locker, that's what I expect. And also, it's like maybe longer, you know, uh, route trees. My thing to add to that, LRP, my profound brother from another mother of the same color, is just this. I'm looking for three things. And I want to say it clear so nobody can never confuse it. I'm looking for run scheme. I'm looking for route concepts. And I'm looking for incompletions by Daniel Jones past 20 yards. Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, he missed them by this and missed them by that. When you ain't used to throwing down the field, you're going to miss people. You're not in rhythm. And we all know the kid can sling the rock and throw a great deep deep pass. Come on. We, we, if somebody want to come on here and start that, you're just basically hating from the sideline. The kid can throw the ball down the field. Let's not act like that. So I want to see his incompletion percentage, not his completion percentage, his incompletion percentage, because if he has that, that means the ball is going down the field. So I want to see how that concept plays out and if Freddie Kitchens is going to make that happen. So that's all. Run scheme, route concept, 
and his incompletions down the field. The floor is you guys. Okay. Got to get myself Tony, ready for the bag. Thank you for letting me have this time. Thank you for this day. Black Feasy feel better. Salute to LRP. We have no problems in Houston. All our listeners and fans and callers, we love you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. I will be listening on my way to work, and that will be my participation to be a listener. I love you, brother. Nacho in the box. Thanks for holding down this day. This is Debate Wednesdays, but more like calm relaxation Wednesday. <laughs> Until it's the chosen one, y'all know what time it is. I ain't arguing with nobody. <laughs> I'm fucking exhausted. You understand? You did? Mm. I ain't arguing with so, no damn but Yeah, I was just... We're going to switch up subjects here, and I just want to bring this up because this is going to be the topic of the next probably week or so. Um, this is being a big topic in, in the NFL world, and now it hits the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <clears throat> the Minnesota Vikings released a statement Wednesday afternoon saying the team has been notified by law enforcement agents that defensive end Everson Griffin came out of his home without incident and is now getting the care he needs. After the 33-year-old made a series of disturbing Instagram posts earlier Wednesday morning claiming that someone was in his home trying to kill him. A statement from, looks like the statement is from the, uh, I'll just read it. It's from the Minneapolis, uh, it's Minnetrista Police Department, not Minneapolis, sorry. Uh, We are thankful to the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, the Carver County Sheriff's Office, the the, the Minnetrista Trista Police Department and the Orono Police Department for their quick response and dedication to ensuring the situation ended peacefully. And the Viking statement stated, our focus remains on Everson's health and safety. Um, so let's see here. Uh, early Wednesday, uh, early Wednesday morning, Everson Griffin made a call uh, to 911 at 3 a.m. <clears throat> that was this morning at 3 a.m. his time. Uh, from his residence and said someone was inside his home while requesting assistance from authorities. Griffin Griffin also told the dispatcher that he had fired his weapon, but that no one was injured. According to the news release, law enforcement and Vikings team psychologists were in communication with Griffin since approximately four hours after 7 a.m., but Griffin had refused to come out of his residence for hours well into the middle of the afternoon, like we just stated. Uh, Police said they could not find an intruder or evidence that an intruder had entered Griffin's residence. Early Wednesday morning, Griffin made several Instagram posts, all of which had been deleted, including a video that showed the defensive end uh, inside his home with a pistol, which he said belongs to him. Uh, I will not read uh, what he said there. The video is out there. You can go watch it. Um, He says any and everything you might think someone may say in that, that, that moment. And let's see here. Um, in that, in the video, he references that he did get the weapon from Dalvin Cook, and that Dalvin Cook helped him purchase it. Uh, Cook told Twin City media members Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, that he did not know why he was referenced in the Griffin's in Griffin's video, but that he had called and texted the, the defensive end to check on him earlier in the day. Griffin, according to Cook, did not answer. Since I got here, he this is Cook. Since I got here, he's been one of the guy, older guys that took me under his wings and and taught me. This is what you don't do. This is how you do it. This is how you take care of your body. Cook said, just how to be a pro. Appreciate him for that. 
for the little things he did. Since he got back, our relationship has gotten stronger. He's been trying to win games. We've been on the same mission, all of, all of us, just trying to win games, trying to get better, trying to lead this team to the right way. So we are definitely close. That's my brother. I just want him to be okay. In his mind, make sure – I just want him to be okay in his mind. Make sure his family's okay, and I just want the best for Everson overall. An Instagram story, Everson Griffin wrote, I need help, people trying to kill me at my own house. And he posted screenshots of an alleged text conversation with his agent, Brent Murphy, uh, where he asked for help from 911. Griffin was alone in his home, according to all authorities. Uh, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer, when asked, was uh, was unsure whether Griffin was safe as far as the defensive end status for Minnesota's Week 12 game at San Francisco. Zimmer also said he was not sure. No, that's not really a concern right now. It's it's really about getting him healthy. So, um, whew, uh, just so this is clear, I want to let's get this out there for everyone. Uh, in his first stint with the Vikings, Griffin took a month-long hiatus during the 2018 season to focus on his health and well-being after the team ordered him to undergo a mental health evaluation and after two incidents involving police authorities led him to being hospitalized. He said in April of 2019 that he had had a rough year, quote-unquote, relating to his mental health. That's a lot um, to take in. Um I will just say that I hope he gets he gets the help he deserves. Um, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of why is he why did the team let him get to this point? Um, there's going to be a lot of that, and and to all of that, I could just say they did everything. Griffin did everything he was supposed to do. They're, the team did everything they were supposed to do. This seems like it's pretty cut and dry. They had incidents. They stopped him from playing football. They got him checked out. He took the time off he needed. Then he came back. So I think he did go play for another team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, before he went back to Minnesota. Let me double check. Unless he was saying the time that he left. I want to make sure he hasn't played anywhere else real fast. Let me see here. Yes, he did play for the Lions. It looks like last year. So last year he played for the the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. uh, Seven games and seven games and only started two um, in that season. Uh, I I don't think he even played. It looks like he doesn't. It looks like he didn't even play at all. So um, taking some time off comes back to Minnesota and and now a little over halfway through the season we're witnessing what I would call what I would think is a a full on CTE meltdown um the the good thing about all of this was that he, he was not able to harm any of his family members by accident and not being in the right mind frame and him mistaking someone else for being an intruder. Um, God knows he shoots that weapon and a family member comes down to check what it is. And he thinks that 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 person's the intruder. I'm just happy that wasn't the case. 
and I'm happy that he's now out. He can get the, the help he deserves, and he can get right. And I hope there's something we can do to help him live the rest of his life because his football's done. I, I don't fully expect him to never play a game of football ever again. Um, there, there should never – I don't think there's – I don't know if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's ever a reason why he should anymore. I mean, it's just – since 2018, it looks like till now, you just the proof is in the pudding. He's got he's got CTE, and he needs to get help, and he will now. And again, it's it's horrible that it had to come to this for him to get the okay. help. But yeah, it's gonna he's gonna need to do it because um, no team's gonna bring him on. No no team's gonna hire him. No team's gonna bring him back. I don't think so. Do you think anybody's going to try to bring him back? Oh, you you asking me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I honest, truthfully, do you think that another team, if he gets quote unquote cleared by doctors like he did last time, do you think in the Vikings or any other team will just bring him back? Yeah, I mean, he didn't. This this incident hasn't. Uh, he hasn't been cut by the Vikings. He's still on the team. He's going high off for three weeks due to his mental health. That's what Sherman did. I mean, you know, they just got to make sure that, you know, when he, I'm sure he, he's in a different tax bracket. So, you know, I know for a fact that he'll get, you know, the help that he needs, you know, as far as mm-hmm. any kind of therapy and kind of bringing the light what he was saying so he can make sense of it. But, uh, and they'll do that. But yeah, yeah, I think they'll bring him back. I mean, he was playing well. Yeah, he was. I just, I fear for it, man. This is, <laughs> again, I, that, the, the what ifs run through your mind. Um, he does have a family. They just did not happen to be home at that time. I mean, it just—it's a scary thing to think about the brain and this sport and what could happen. And if he—if he does clear and he plays—he placed on IR and he comes back and he plays one game and he—I don't know, man. It's just—it—it's it, so scary because he could do it without playing a game, I guess. At this point, if he's doing it now, I mean, it can happen again without him ever playing another snap. So. I guess what you know at that point, how much? How much? You know what I'm saying? How much? I don't know. How much do you care? But at that point, how much do you? Would you feel responsible as an organization if you let him come back and play, and this happens again, and God forbid somebody's home? You know what I mean? So that's just. I think that's the biggest what is issue. What? Say it again. That you do now is it's not remove the football, you remove the gun. Like, no, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But but yeah, just but the, crazy but, people. I mean, not crazy people, but people. You know, he shouldn't have a gun. And, and, have and, a and, gun. This, and yeah, obviously, this wasn't. Again, this is a. To, I I want to be clear. The way I believe this is is not obviously. This is not the same Everson Griffin that was 10 years ago. So 
maybe he got the gun then. Maybe he got it five years ago in the right frame of mind, and now he's gone to this point. But now we're here. That gun should be taken away. It should be out of his home. Again, the what-ifs are just an amazingly bad road to go down because a man that big, a man that powerful, fearing for his life and not knowing who's in front of him is one of the scariest things, I think, in in and that I can think of for well, his that family. happens all the time. But, it you know, does. That happens all the time, but somebody's name not being Everson Griffin. Oh, and right. I, I feel what you're saying. I just don't, you know, the word I, well, feel free to, to speak on the what else. I just didn't want it, um, your disrespect. I can't speak on what else. I'm glad that, it, you know, nothing major happened and he's in a safe mm-hmm. spot. And, um, Maybe that's just the career because they don't deal with what ifs. It's a slippery slope of, you know, your own thoughts and, and all that. So, for the people out there, don't deal with what ifs. That's yeah. I, in in the sport, in the way that they work, in I think a lot of the NFL, if we all know his image. And I don't know if this incident, if the NFL could allow him to come back. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. This is the day and age we live in, and I'm almost certain he's going to be diagnosed with CTE by the time this thing is done and over with. And this is going to be one of the most interesting. They can, they can. This was a cause of CTE, and not the, my bad to cut you off, but, you know, he could have had a mental illness prior to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and let's not, let's not forget, I mean, let's, let's not, not forget, but let's not ignore the fact that drugs could be involved. I am not going to say that. 100% they're not involved, but I can't say 100% they are involved. You get what I'm saying? It is this oh, yeah. is such a, a strange like it's so, practice behavior. Again, again, the voice, <laughs> the way he sounded, it again, I don't I'm not familiar with mental illness and breakdowns and and viewing it on a regular basis. So uh, so someone, you know, who who hears people all the time, who, who's a doctor in that, they might be able to listen to that and say, yeah, that is, you know, a breakdown. But to me, it sounded more like you said, it was a, a drug-induced behavior, crackheadish behavior, whatever you want to call it. It was very not, you know, again, it's just so crazy. It's very, it was very possible of it being drugs, too. I mean, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've spoken to someone who's you know, gone off of, you know, various of drugs, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, I ain't going to delve into that, but yeah, I've, I've heard that voice before in that kind of language in the mm-hmm. speed of it being said. And so it could be that too. And a lot of people do jump on, you know, not a lot of people will try to blame anybody, but the narrative lately has been like CTE or, or mental health. And that's a storyline there. 
and then another opportunity for them to promote but don't provide because I can tell you this right now, America, not to get on my soapbox, but stop front faking the funk out there, your Charlemagne's, your all these people talking about that they're really trying to do something and, and make a difference. You're not, okay? You're not. I speak to 100 people, 100 people who are not getting help. So, but um, anyway, it, it could be drugs, yes. I'll tell you right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be crack. It doesn't have to be meth. It doesn't have to be that. They are athletes who have pain. And we already know with the 90s and the early 2000s and Brett Favre being the poster child for abusing uh, abusing painkillers. And we know now this is a day and age where you can't really use that anymore in the locker rooms. So, you know, again, it doesn't have to be that, oh, you know, we're not saying he's, you know, a, a successful NFL player who's a crackhead or who's high on meth or high on whatever. He could be addicted to any sorts of thing. And then this could be mental health. Of course, the, the issue, or not the issue, but the thing that brings up mental health is the incident of before and him taking time of leave for mental health, the team letting him go for mental health, and then him coming back after being evaluated and then being cleared. I think that's what makes everyone's ears and eyes perk up when it turns to mental health issues and stuff of that nature. we got about 50 minutes left of this show. Um, I'm not going to be able to go into the extracurriculars today, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Um, Either uh, we are <laughs> uh, so we will leave this topic as it is. I think we've spent enough time on it um, tomorrow uh, it, it, or not tomorrow on Friday. If, if we have that East out Friday, which I believe we may, uh, we can definitely deep dive into all of that, the aroundness. And I guarantee you uh, we will have more opinions on that. That is just a, a very, very touchy subject subject. And again, it, it it needs a lot more information, I think, that will come out. Um, before we move on, 1-800-662-4357. Again, that number is 1-800-662-4357. If you need help with anything, uh, treatment, referrals, uh, anything you need, suicide prevention, it's a national helpline, um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, one 800 662 Four three five seven. You don't need to do anything but call them and get the help. You don't need to. T- if you don't feel like telling anyone, tell them. Um, the you know the the NFL is a a, a finicky uh, son of a bitch, as some would say. Um, you know the the the, the underdogs uh, have run wild on this year. Um, and I'm going to plan, I'm going to try to give my explanation on why I think underdogs are winning this year. And it's one explanation, and it's why we built this show. Because this show is for the reason and by the reason underdogs are winning. And that is fans. They are fans in the stands. And I think teams in general... All 32 are thriving off of it. And it is giving teams the ability to to be superhuman, 
for the kid to come out of the dugout and wave his hands like angels in the outfield. And you know that you've got that extra juice behind you. It's just that mental status, having it for not having it for an entire year, then having, you know, couple thousand fans at the end of the year and a lackluster Super Bowl. These teams, I think the mental of we're doing it in front of these crowds. We don't know, you know, it was taken away so quickly. It can be taken away again, the way that this world is working. And I think they just understand so much more as much as we like to give these players shit and talk about them and, 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 and drag them down in times because they don't catch touchdowns or they drop an interception or they don't get a first down or they don't run the play right. Look, <clears throat> they're doing it for us week in and week out. Yes, there's a paycheck. Yes, they're getting paid millions. But I think the overwhelming the overwhelming analysis of this year is that the NFL players play for the NFL fans because – there's no reason why the the Texans should be beating the Tennessee Titans. There's no reason the Jets should be winning any games against the teams that they beat. There's just no reason the Jacksonville Jaguars have two wins. It's just because they are yearning to play. I think it's the simple fact those teams just at that point mentally felt and fought more. I, I don't know. It, it's just, it, to me, it, it it feels as if in every press conference this year, a mention of the fans is happening. It's good to have the fans back. Yeah, last year was crazy when we didn't have them. It sounded different. This is just way better. I think in every press conference across the league, there is a mention, players mention the fans more often than not about why, they did something cool or, or how it felt to do something cool and get the reaction of the fans and know that, you know, it, it's, again, these are amazing players who have spent their entire career honing their skills to be professionals, and they're all out there giving their all regardless. I understand that. But that mental fortitude, that little bit you get, when you hear 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, some cases 80, 90,000 fans, and if you're on the road, it's lower, screaming for you. It's just, uh, it's just something that I think, um, I think a lot of people took for granted uh, watching the game. I know I did until I had to watch it for 16 games. Um, but these, the, these players may have taken it for granted a while. And I think now they, they kind of get it back. We're seeing an uptick in, in a lot of these players, not that they didn't do it before, but getting involved in their communities, uh, giving back, and then, of course, the fans showing their support, coming out in droves and, and doing that thing. So, again, NFL doing its thing, coming back. Underdogs are winning, and it's going to be a a a very, very fun rest of the year. you got two underdogs on the The Las Vegas Raiders and the New Orleans Saints. Both of them, six points or more underdogs. One of them's at home, too. LRP, it's just me and you right now, so I don't know how far you want to deep dive into your, your rival here. So we'll start with this other game at first, and then we'll deep dive into that one. This Bill's Saints game, the light game well, on Thanksgiving. I will say this, Nacho. 
Not Joe. I will say that I am. We can actually, if you want, we can wrap this on up right now, brother. We can get to our families and say peace to the people and hope they have a happy Thanksgiving. You but need you like to, you need, to, you need to say up. less. You need to say absolutely less right now. I would like to thank Sweet. every single person who comes on this phone. Either Chosen One, OG Steve, Lou from New Jersey, LRP, Black Freezy, myself, uh, Shakes, uh, J-Rock. I'm going to forget, so you're going to have to help me out here. Um, uh, uh, Trey, the meeting, Dan C, Dan, 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 the man who doesn't call in anymore, but he'll call in soon, I'm sure. It's just all these people that have been with us. We are we got things in store for y'all, man. Keep an eye out for this internet. We're gonna have some purchases available for you. Get some t shirts. You know, work on some hats maybe, but get some shirts out there for you guys to be rocking. So when people say, you know, you know, when people ask you where you get your dope ass opinion because you just shut them down, you can say, Oh, it's from the shakedown. They they help me out, you know. Um But other than that, man, thank you guys so much. It's it's Thanksgiving. I love each and every single one of you. I love all my co-hosts. LRP, E, the Chosen One, thank you guys so much for being here. E, get to work safely. You know, get to the bag, do your thing. Uh, Black Freezy, get healthy, man. The honey and the, the lemon tea, do your thing. Get right. Can't wait to hear from you next week. LRP, say closing statement that we'll get on out of here, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great rest of the week. Absolutely, man. Um Echo those same sentiments. Y'all be good. Be safe. Enjoy your family. Laugh a lot. Share a lot. You know what I mean? Unpack a lot. Whatever. Eat a lot. And uh, just have fun. Enjoy it. Make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me some money. And uh, brother's birthday is on Saturday, man. So happy birthday to me. No doubt. Some of y'all. Yo, I know what it is, man. Awesome show. Wasn't a debate, but it was definitely informative. And I think those are important shows that we need to have because current events, things like the situation with Mr. Everson Griffin, and our prayers as well to him and his family because during the holiday season to be going through something like this and not have your father home possibly, because he's dealing with a potential health issue mentally is disturbing. He does have a family, so our prayers to his family and their courage through this situation while it's taking place, because we all are fathers, so we understand what not being home feels like, but as opposed to not being home, our presence is missed. So, again, to his family, our prayers, get healthy soon, brother. Get well. To you guys. Here on the shakedown, y'all know my sentiments. I love you, brothers, man. From the chest, LRP, we're going to celebrate, regardless that it may be a 1,000 miles away or not. Happy pre-birthday celebration to you. You know you're going to get about 15 calls, 13 emails, 97 Jeeps, 75 emojis, and 13 recordings, you know. So we look forward to that. Um, We're off tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, be safe, drive safe, drink safe, act safe, show safe. That's a big deal. People follow your lead sometimes. Be smart, be resilient, 
lead by example. God bless everybody. Y'all know what it is. Time to get to the bag and lead by example. You the chosen one from the Bronx. I'm out of here. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from from the Shakedown family to yours, to everyone that listens. Can't wait to see or to hear from y'all back again after the little Thanksgiving break. After this little Thanksgiving games we got going on, we're going to have some fun and we're definitely going to have some 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 stuff to talk about. Um, man, I think that was it. I think that's that's it. And one more time for the people. Happy 1-800-662-4357. And that is it. I'm going to leave you all with this song. We started off in the morning because... It is my favorite, and it just so happens to be on the queue over here. So y'all have a good one, and remember, this is just, this, we love y'all. We love y'all. Y'all have a good night. It's been a long
But the change did come for you, New York Giants. Jason Garrett. That was wonderful. Fucking out of here. I love you guys. It that was, was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Shout out to Godfather John. That's your song, brother. We love you and miss you. Yes, absolutely. sir. Absolutely. I love you guys. You have a great, happy Thanksgiving. Do the same, bro. Peace to y'all, brothers, man. Enjoy. You've been shook up by the shakedown. We out. Yes, sir.